0: Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 28 Physical Intimacy in Marriage, and I'm your host, Connie Akison. Happiness and Inside Job is the go to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children, utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining me again this week on the podcast. And I've got my husband back with me. Hello. I'd like to remind all of you that the kindest way to say thank you if you love these podcasts is to leave me a rating and review and share it with your friends. Also, I do one-on-one coaching. So for those of you who are ready to switch from being passive listeners of the word to actually applying it to your particular situation... And that's where the magic really happens in your life. So please don't hesitate to contact me, and we'll get that started for you. Okay, today we are talking about kind of a sensitive topic. So if you've got young listeners in the car with you, I suggest AirPods or just put this one on hold until you've got some time alone. So my husband's back with me today, and we are going to be talking about physical intimacy in marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I'm not going to lie, this has not always been an easy topic for me to talk about. I grew up very Christian in an LDS home and we it was just off limits until we got married and then all of a sudden we were married. And in one second, it went from off limits to...
1: Uh, The sky's the limit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And he pretty much took it to that extreme. If you're one of my children listening to this, super sorry. <laughs> that is not anything kids ever want to hear about their parents. Huh? So in my coaching practice, this is a topic that frequently is the topic of a coaching session, physical intimacy in marriage. And frequently, one partner is much higher drive than the other, or we can call it higher desire. So in... Our marriage, who do you think is the higher desire partner, David? Uh, me. I think I would agree with that. Now, marriages work best when two whole and complete people come together with no other purpose other than to love each other. And I know that the LDS Church is not the only church that teaches abstinence before marriage and fidelity after marriage. And I know that some people who don't practice that think it's pretty weird. In fact, I had a friend in high school tell me once, that's like that's like buying a car without test driving it first. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. You know, sometimes people get married and it takes them a while to figure it out. For some couples, physical intimacy comes very naturally. And for others, it takes a little bit of practice. And either way it's totally fine. Even if physical intimacy isn't perfect on the first time you do it, it doesn't mean that you can't get good at it. It doesn't mean that you're not with the right person. I will say that I believe it's a skill that you can develop if you choose to. For example, when I decided that I wanted to learn how to get good at cakes, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, you might have seen a few. But I really want to learn how to make cakes and be really good at it. And the only way to do it is to make a lot of cakes, to try new things, and to do it frequently so that I don't forget what I've learned between one time and another. And I believe that physical intimacy has many of those same characteristics. If you choose to be good at it and make it a priority in your relationship, you need practice.
1: And it doesn't hurt if you like cake.
0: But the truth is, if you figure out something that works and you don't try it again for another five months, then you're going to forget. It's a skill that needs to be cultivated and practiced often. I know I've talked about Rachel Hollis many times, but one of the things she talks about in her book is growing up a Pentecostal Christian and how physical intimacy was so off limits. And then she got married and figured out she wasn't good at it. And she decided that she wanted to be good at it. And one thing that she and her husband do is they dedicate the month of September to getting really good at it. And they decide that every, every day in the month of September, they're going to practice.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I thought you'd like that idea. So another friend that I was talking to said that she and her husband go on sexcations where they know... <laughs> a certain amount of, you know, even if it's just like two or three days, that's what they're going to be doing. Whatever works for you. I think the first step is deciding that it's important to you and deciding that it's something that you want to get better at and making a plan. I have talked a lot in my podcast about making a 30-day goal and I think it's totally appropriate to make 30-day goals in terms of physical intimacy with your spouse. Now maybe your goal is going to have something to do with frequency. Maybe it will have something to do with trying new things or figuring out what works for each other.
1: One of the things we did uh, to improve our communication in this area was we got a book uh, and we kind of read it together and went over it together and that really got us to communicate more about uh, what our needs were, what our desires were, and how those might be better fulfilled.
0: So that and first book we got was Men Are From Mars, Men Are Women Are From Venus in the Bedroom, right?
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. There were only I mean any book you're gonna get isn't gonna go exactly with all your values and what your limits are. So just keep that in mind. Um, but this book I thought was pretty good. At least it got us to talk about it a lot.
0: Right, and communication is a big thing.
1: Right, and I thought things really actually improved. Uh, after we read that book and communicated about it, uh, I, I think it was it was a noticeable improvement for me. I thought.
0: So one thing that's tricky that was tricky for me is that it was such a taboo subject for my whole life, and then all of a sudden, just having open dialogue about it was really difficult for me. So to have a book and specific things, specific topics that we were talking about was really helpful to me, because I didn't just have to think about things. We could read what was in the book and then we could share opinions about it.
1: So I guess one of the things I learned is that men and women typically are different. And I was kind of expecting or couldn't figure out why Connie didn't think like I did and have the same opinions about it that I did and uh and so that would get me uh frustrated uh but I guess one of the things that after talking about it was realizing yeah we're different she and I are different in what drives us and uh and figuring out that it's okay to be different and and not to get uh not to place blame on the other person for having a different feeling than you It's just how people are naturally different, and that it's not a lack of what? Lack of.
0: Right, and I think a lot of that goes back to mindset. Many women honestly believe that all their husband wants, that all their husband cares about is sex. And honestly, it's just mindset. When I got into coaching, one of the mindset hacks that I made on my own brain was that I realized you're normal. This is the way that you connect with me. It's one of the major ways. And it's not that that's all you care about, but what you care about is is honestly making a connection with me. So in our lives, we have so many relationships. We have friendship relationships. We have sibling relationships. But one thing that's unique to a marital relationship is that physical intimacy. It's a unique thing that we get to share. And by me changing my mindset, I, in my self-coaching, one of the things that I really remembered was back when we first got married, I was like, yeah, this is awesome, I can't get enough of it. And then we had a few kids and they were touching me all day long and I was tired and I wasn't getting enough sleep. And I was thinking, oh my word, one more thing, I can't do it. And for some reason, it was easier for me to say no to you than to the kids or to friends that wanted something. Now, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but I, For me to go back and take a look at my mindset and realize when I first got married, I was like, this is awesome. Any mindset, any thought that's available to you in the future or was available to you in the past, I can choose to think that right now. If I once thought it was really awesome, it can be really awesome right now. And one thing that really helped me with my mindset, because as we said earlier, David is definitely the higher drive partner. And there were even times when you said to me, I don't feel like you think this is fun. And that wasn't it at all. That was never it. The the only issue was that I gave higher priority to other things. And when I consciously made a decision to choose to remember why it was so awesome and to make it awesome again, I made it a priority in my life. So if you're the lower desire partner, I would just offer to you, there are teenagers that are sneaking out of their houses because they can't get enough. They just want it all the time. So if that thought is available to them, it's available to you. And there are several things that I do to try to increase my desire. And one of those is to think about it more and to think about you in that way more, like mentally prepare myself for it. I remember talking to a girlfriend and she said to me, yeah, one of the things that I do, like I have a playlist for everything. I have a playlist for cleaning. I have a playlist for working out. And I have a playlist that gets me in the mood when I know that's coming up later in my, in my day. So whatever works for you. If it's, listening to a playlist, or just find what works for you and know that it's great. If it works for you, it's the perfect option for you.
1: Well, sometimes it isn't planned.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: You know, sometimes there's just, uh, we'll, we'll just say, a, a strong um, need or <laughs> desire. and uh, And so, yeah, it's just got to kind of be spontaneous, too.
0: So that's an interesting topic to think about. I Sometimes in coaching couples, I come across a very regimented spouse and then a very spontaneous spouse. So sometimes the regimented spouse wants to plan things. And so every Monday morning at 9 o'clock, there you go. So how do you feel about that, David? Mm, not so much. <laughs> I mean, the truth is... There's no right and wrong way to be physically intimate. If it works for you, do it, that's great. Honestly, my first thought when the one partner was complaining about the lack of spontaneity, I was thinking, hey, I know guys that haven't had it for seven years. Sometimes, David's making a face, it's true, it's a legit thing. Sometimes couples go years without ever being physically intimate. So the first thought that came to my mind was, the guy should quit complaining. At least he knows he's going to get it once a week, right? And my husband and I actually had an interesting conversation about that because he, yeah, you go ahead and you tell your side of the story. Well, I don't
1: know. I think spontaneity is, spontaneity is part of it. It's part of the excitement. Um, but I also think when, when you've got a, a high desire at the time, then uh, I think... I think you should uh, be seducible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the other side of it is the guy could choose, the the spouse could choose to think, this is such a high priority for my wife that she's choosing to put it on the calendar first, right? Yeah. And he could choose to have a different thought rather than feeling like, wow, she's so scheduled out that she can't even be spontaneous. He could choose to think... I'm such a high priority to her that she's scheduling me into her calendar first. And for those couples that go long periods of time without being physically intimate, that high desire partner, they would probably jump at the opportunity to have it scheduled onto a calendar. Really, it's all about your mindset and how you feel about it.
1: So, I mean, we've said here in this podcast that you need to work it out, right? And I think maybe the better term is you need to communicate it out. It really needs to be communicated and the revealed feelings of the other person needs to be uh, communicated,
0: and being willing to listen and respond to the sincere feelings and desires of the other person. Yeah, and I think it's a lot about mutual respect too. When one person really just is not in the mood, <laughs> respect that. Be respectful.
1: It's also important, you know, not to play those cards too often. I think that uh, it's balance, right? Um, Sometimes you may not feel like it, but sometimes uh, you're maybe sacrificing or serving for your partner based on their needs and their desires.
0: Well, and you raised a really good point, too. Often, physical intimacy is a manipulation tool that one partner will use against the other. You know, that's no more healthy for a marriage than using money or, or any other form of manipulation used for control.
1: So I think basically what we're saying here in this podcast is if you communicate, it will improve things guaranteed. That's my opinion. It really can make a difference. Just communicate, talk, talk about it.
0: Right. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just like any other part of your relationship, like finances. If you're going to get good at
1: Spending money.
0: (laughs) Or saving money. (laughs) you got to talk about it, right? So if you want to get good at physical intimacy, it's no different than getting good at finances or getting good at spending quality time together. It's a matter of making it a priority, making a plan, and being willing to listen to your partner's needs. And I think the other important point that I want to make is there's no right and wrong way to do it. Kind of like finances it, it totally depends on what you agree upon and the goals and long-term goals that you have in your relationship. So if it works for you, it's perfect for your relationship. So don't set your standard based on somebody else you know. Communicate, figure out what works for you, and know that that's the perfect solution for you. Yep. All right. As always, if you'd like one-on-one coaching, you'd really like to apply these principles to your life. Even if you and your spouse want to come talk to me together, that also can be an amazing opportunity to get the communication going, to figure out what your values are, your goals are, and how you're going to reach them together. So please don't hesitate to make an appointment with me. One-on-one coaching is where the magic really happens. I'll talk to y'all next week. And in the meantime, remember the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave me a rating and review and share this podcast with your friends.